We live in the era of the fan. Now more than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes, this podcast is here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cannon Fodder, the absolute best place to figure out where you are and what universe you're in. I don't know what universe I'm in because I stayed up until 4 o'clock in the morning watching 1970s grindhouse films and drinking way too much last night. I am your host, Anthony. That was perfect. <laughs> I am Matt. And I'm Ed. Uh, welcome to Cannon Fodder's first annual year in review. That's R-E-V-U-E. That Go subscribe correct. to the network, both on all of your socials and all of your podcasting platforms. I don't think we're still up on Apple yet because fuck Apple, but we'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so this this episode, we're, are, we are going to go through, well... Everything we've been through in 2020, um, yeah. year in review is it, it's pretty much pretty much self-explanatory. Um, we're going to go into some of the connections that we might have missed in previous episodes, theories that we left unexplored, leave no stone unturned, and then uh, talk about maybe things that have expanded canon uh, even more. You know, so maybe at the time there was uh, you know something has been released since then. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, you want to talk about the the beverage? Yeah, this week's beverage brought to you by oh, Red Tank. <laughs> <laughs> the foaming Got Red it. Tank beer. Yeah. Got it. So for this very special podcast, we have the very special Quentin Quarantino Pale Ale. A beer both inspired by the work of Tarantino um, that we covered uh, in a previous episode. As well as uh, the unique year that 2020 was for the world. This was actually the first beer I got curbside pickup. You know, when, every, when everything shut down, this came out just in time. Oh, yeah, because you brought me some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I pulled up to your house, put it on the doorstop, and ran away. And, and that was as close as we came during, during quarantine. Yeah, I highly recommend the Quentin Quarantino. It's, it's actually a very good pale ale. It's delicious, yeah. Fan. And, and I yeah. love the the can art is fantastic. The can art, um, I'm going to post it now on our on our story, but you can see it's just it's this just amazing art of uh, Vincent Vega and um, Mia Wallace. Mia Wallace. Wallace, thank you, my God, I was doing it out there doing the, the Jack famous Rabbit dance scene, Slim's yeah. twist contest. Yeah, with that signature yellow from the yeah. the logo of Pulp Fiction. It's just yep. great. It's yeah. Great. So it's really a, it's a perfect beer to talk about. Um, 2020 and and uh, the different universes that we have covered yeah yeah you know this has been it, it's been a fun year um to get a chance to you know kind of start this off and 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 get a chance to be on this you know kind of cool journey um with you guys and hopefully you found it as enlightening and inspiring as we have when we're getting a chance to really kind of put together our machete orders and figure out what universes uh fit where and 
and what you can consider canon and what not. And uh, obviously, we are not perfect, so occasionally we whoa, miss whoa, 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 we miss whoa. a thing or two speak here and for there. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, this is just our excuse to watch movies over and over again. Yes, and, and then we just put it in this format, so that we have <laughs> so we have like an official reason to do it. Yep, pretty much, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely correct. So, so the, yeah, yeah, where should we begin? Let Let's start at the beginning. The first episode we did was the Terminator series. Yep. So, you know, obviously, um, a, lot of, a lot of cool things that we had uh, come up with in the Terminator series uh, and thinking about, you know, obviously the, the potential connection with uh, RoboCop. You know, what if RoboCop was a prequel to Terminator, right? Because obviously, you know, is that the next step in, in the evolution of police forces to make sure that there aren't things like, you know, police officers shooting people un- inappropriately or... Maybe they are going to totally shoot people inappropriately because they're RoboCops now. You know, so like, you know, getting a chance to kind of take a look at some of those. Um, not too much that I think that we missed when it comes to Terminator, though. No, I think we're good. And that's a universe. And that's how we ended that episode where, you know, they don't know where to go after Salvation. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, and, the, and, then, and it's such a shame because we talked about this on the episode that, you know, the uh, – the the one with what was the one with um with Christian Bale what was it called Salvation oh it was Salvation okay yeah. I was thinking sorry I was thinking of the most recent one so Dark Salvation Fate. right yeah, Dark Fate Dark so Salvation Fate. was supposed to be the beginning of a new trilogy right, right. it sucked so they scrapped that yep. and then Genesis a few years later same thing supposed to be the beginning of a new trilogy that sucked even more scrapped that and then they finally got it right with Dark Fate but nobody but watched na- exactly but now <laughs> yeah. it, it was already like they'd blown all of their chances so now it's like well okay but so yeah. We'll hopefully in 2022 we'll have some more things to talk about with Terminator because I would I personally love Dark Fate and I would love to see them continue to pull on that plot thread that they everything they set up in that movie because um, it's been the best Terminator since Judgment Day but yeah yeah for right now it's a big fat goose egg yeah the only recent development with that series is that uh, articles came out about a month ago saying that Paramount would love for the series to go back to PG thirteen. That is that's because that seems like a mistake. Is stupid. <laughs> okay, and, yeah. and go back to PG thirteen. Which Terminator was PG thirteen? Uh, Salvation, Salvation and Genesis. Those were PG-13. both of them were. Dark Fate was R. Yeah, right. and it's right. Terminator three was R. Terminator yeah. two was obviously yeah. R. It was an R rated franchise yeah. until Salvation came up because they tried yeah, to make why it. Why would they want to do that? I, I think guess the... going for a broader audience. Yeah, the studio yeah. thinks that the reason the movie didn't make a lot of money, Dark Fate being that movie, is because. It wasn't PG-13, where in reality, I think it was because there's always a lag with series. Yeah. You know, the previous movie is is the main reason why the next movie does poorly or better at the box office. Exactly. And the last couple Terminators were weak, so nobody gave Dark Fate a chance. I'm thinking the exact opposite right now. I'm thinking Dark Fate ha- has gotten a lot of good reviews, a lot of people liked it, so if they were to release another one, people would be more likely. But also, they just need to change it up. I mean, as amazing as Linda Hamilton was, as great as Arnold was, it's got to be different. It can't be the same story over and over again. It's like a soap opera. You know, and I was I was going to, my mind immediately was like, no, absolutely not. But to be honest with you, as we talked about in the episode, one of the best things that ever came to the Terminator franchise was the Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. which obviously were, it was a TV show, so 
so very PG-13. And they did have dark moments. They did get into some gritty nature of it. And again, it, it is the best thing that's been put to screen so far for Terminator in terms of like sequels. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, if they, they as long as the story is good, I think that it can work with a PG-13 rating. So you just, but you have to make the story. Yeah, it, it, that that's the most important thing, which is, and then you have to ask yourself, okay. Do we have Arnold or do we not have Arnold? Like, what's going to happen to him? Like, See, the only thing I, I, I don't think a PG-13 rating works only because giving it a PG-13 rating for me makes the, to me makes it feel like the studio is going to automatically focus on the action over the story because that's very right. obviously what yeah. happened in Salvation and Dark Fate. It was like all action all the time. And like, go Fast and the Furious with it, but right. was well done. But except horribly done. So I I think I think going to PG thirteen is a mistake because it, it's gonna open up too many doors to just honestly lazy storytelling to say yeah, we'll cover yeah. up with a few explosions and you know people yeah. will love it and clearly that I mean look, look we were talking about we'll, we'll get to it with Die Hard, but look what happened with Die Hard when they went PG thirteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think uh, to be honest with you, I think that the the appropriate future for the Terminator franchise would be a crossover universe, right? Like, I, I definitely think that if they were going to with do what that's anything, a, that's, just have them fight something. Yeah, big. anything, anything. Like, just, so, you're, so you're gonna so you want to go Freddy versus Jason on the Terminator abso- universe? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, right? it can't, I mean. I mean, of course, we on. say that, and then yeah, two years from now, say, an like, I mean, did you see Genesis? It wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, okay. So we're basically gonna relegate the Terminator franchise to like Terminator versus RoboCop versus you know Mothra, and like just <laughs> Mothra. I mean, listen, I would watch Mothra that. seems ridiculous, Matthew, but, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> listen, but it's not gonna be good. <laughs> Don't do not tell me that you would not pay money to go see Terminator versus King Kong because I absolutely would yeah, see. But it Terminator would be terrible. King Kong. No, because you know they'd end up having a King Kong Terminator. Oh, and then that would be so yeah, like sweet. a cyborg King Kong. He's got like a mecha- mechanical arm. Oh god! All right, so, let's move on from Terminator. Yeah, so, I'm fucking done with so, Terminator. So watch this space. Uh, <laughs> well, we will. We, well, we will. Bring so, you any developments of the Terminator series when they come. Yes. Could could you blend Terminator into Blade Runner? Could you blend it into any other story? Aliens? Could you bring in aliens into Terminator? Would well, that work? Well, that's kind of perfect because the <laughs> next universe we're going to talk about, it was our uh, second full episode, which is Alien versus Predator yep. versus Blade Runner. And this is the first universe that we've discussed that had a new entrant or potential new entrant into the canon after we released the episode. So yep. just a few weeks in August, uh, after we released our episode all about the Alien and Blade Runner connections, Raised by Wolves was released on HBO Max TV series. It was created by Aaron Guzikowski, but Ridley Scott is one of the executive producers, right. and he directed the first two episodes. Right. And for those of you that haven't seen it, a little bit of spoilers here. This show is about replicants that appear to be identical to the same replicants we saw in Alien and Blade Runner. They are yeah, the main stars yep. of the show. Yep. They have all the white blood. Yep. yep. That, that, That's that the big giveaway. Yeah. That's the giveaway. They have the same type of tubing type um, yeah. innards yep. uh, from that uh, that we see, especially in Alien when he goes crazy. And they're played the same way. The actors yeah. play them, especially in Alien, that very much like... 
not cold, but not lifeless either, but just kind of somewhere in between, like yeah. very yeah, yeah, mechanical, not, right? Not Terminator or Data, but like not fully emotional. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like lacking empathy almost. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was going to bring that up, and I, I was, you know, I mean, thinking about like, oh, obviously, I mean, they're androids, right? They're all, of course, they're playing it the same, right? They're playing it like androids. But no, you're absolutely right. Like. There is a very unique way that the alien and replicants are are acted and and in the movies, and this is exactly the same. Like their their mannerisms, where their mind goes, right, is is exactly the same. And right. I mean, I haven't watched the entire series yet or the first season yet. Um, I'm about halfway through, but I mean, it's been phenomenal so far. And it looks like. Prometheus. Yes. It does. It looks it's very, very much like It's basically like a desert version of Prometheus. Yeah. It's set on an actual planet. There is a planet called Kepler-22b, which is where the show is set. They're just imagining what the planet would look like. And the idea is that there is a devastating war on Earth. Shortly after the events of Alien, this is where we can get into the canon, and it's between a fictional religion and the atheists. So like that is the war. And it's an interesting choice to make it a fictional religion. It's actually based on Mithraism, which was actually an extinct Roman cult from the first century. So the idea is that this was an actual cult that gained a lot of popularity around Christianity. And so they don't exactly go into the history of this world, but it's just like our Earth, except sometime in our near future, all religion becomes Mithraism. Interesting. And society seems to split into this Mithraic, very, it's Christianity inspired, but like it seems to have its own visuals. That religion playing, you know, going up against scientists. And in this crazy, you know, twist of fate, Mithraism, their, their text seems to be a scientific book. So they can make all these replicants and they can make all these superpowered weapons because their book is actually like a science textbook, but they view it like a religious text. And it's a little bit outside of the of of the alien universe because it tests it's set 130 years from now according to Ridley Scott. Right. So right. it's so that would be 2150. Right. And they actually have a flashback to 2145 where there's this like big battle taking place in Boston. Yep. The problem is that alien took place in 2122. So that means that in like 30 years earth completely got destroyed. So it would discount alien 2. Aliens. Right. It pretty much only follows because in Aliens, we know that the Earth is fine because that's where the Colonial Marines come from and it's right, a big right. operation. We know that. But yeah, because that, that, that battle scene, they allude to it a few times throughout Raised by Wolves. That was just like like just awesome cinematography. Oh, yeah. Like it was such, an, uh, such a pleasure to watch. I'll be honest. I didn't like the the floating, you know, like it was just a little – it was a little too simplistic heady side. Yeah. yeah, it was both simplistic and sim- symbolic. Of yeah, like exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. the the, the yeah, arms yeah. out, right? Yeah, and it was just like you know, and she what she she black bolts them to death with her mega powerful voice. Yeah, like I wasn't her, a fan her super of scream. Yeah, but everything else for the most part about Raised by Wolves, I absolutely loved. It was like right up my alley with that very heady sci-fi yeah, stuff. Yeah, but her on that ship though. But like, so, so oh the battle, god, that so, scene. So her just her just going on a ship with a bunch of families and oh. just and just. Exploding them to a point where they were just blood yeah, she on all of these them. white walls was unbelievable. I mean, and, and that's the type of thing you normally wouldn't see on TV. It's, it's one of those great, now you got HBO Max. Really exactly. Pushing. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think this, this is definitely Ridley Scott once again playing in his replicant toolbox. Yep. And it can definitely be seen as a potential... Um, Road not taken, right? Or like fork in the road, yeah. For yeah. the aliens, it's just like how we've talked about how you know Terminator, especially, had all these like sequels that discounted previous prequels. 
I feel like this is, you know, this could be a sequel to Alien. Yep. And Blade Runner. And then it's just it's just him doing his thing. Yeah. Because he just he just wants to keep going did, down the replicant. Did it get way. renewed for a second season? It did. It yeah, did. It, okay. It had quite a. It had quite a. Um, quite an ending that really set up a lot more. Yeah, so it's, that's it's, what I thought. Yeah. So I, I couldn't remember if it got renewed or not. I remember, yeah, uh, I'm excited for it's that show to come it's, back. It's, it's filmed in South Africa just to watch it with the cinematography. Like, it's yeah. just Yeah, that was it definitely the way that the 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 show looks. is It's an absolutely beautiful show, which is very similar to, like, Prometheus, right? Mm-hmm. And very similar to the way that Blade Runner 2049 was, right? Like, really, really beautiful looking um, you know, of course, there are some parts that, you know, of the story that, you know, take a little bit more of your suspension of disbelief, but overall, really, really good. Yeah, but the part of the Alien universe that I'm most excited for that's coming up is there is going to be an Alien show on FX. So an yes. Alien TV right. show. Right, yeah. So, and this, Noah Hawley, who is best known for uh, FX's uh, both Fargo uh, as well as Legion. Yep. He is going to be headlining it. So there were a lot of uh, announcements a couple weeks back when Disney did their big investor presentation and they announced 17 new Star Wars movies and 25 <laughs> new Marvel, Marvel TV shows. But the Alien um, C- TV show is what I'm most excited about. They they only showed you a logo and they gave a brief description, but I, I'm all in. It's set not too far into our future. It's the first Alien story set on Earth. Yep. Which is exactly what we talked about yeah. in our Alien. Yeah. We didn't enjoy Alien Resurrection, but we love the idea of the aliens finally coming to Earth. And now we got it. I yeah. want this series to erase Prometheus and Alien Covenant because those are garbage movies and just, they absolutely, in my opinion, just spit in the face of the alien mythos, and I want this to just wipe them from the face of the earth. Now, how can they say that it's the first? How can they say it's the first alien story on Earth when we had two in Aliens versus Predator? Come on, they um, <laughs> we established that that was not in the same timeline. Those uh, are not canon. Yes, obviously, true. Bob Very Iger true. listens to our podcast, oh, yeah, and, and he agrees with us that <laughs> Alien versus Predator yeah. isn't those are isn't not part of the canon. canon. He's he's a big fan. Yeah, and. I'm reading the article, but oh, I'm sorry. Ridley Scott is in early talks to executive produce the show. I'm right. sorry, Prometheus is canon. Yeah, no, I know, I, I know, I know. I'm aware. I'm just saying what I want. I'm just reestablishing the fact that Prometheus, and again, let, let me give credit where credit is due. As movies, they are both good. They're well acted. Yes. They're well directed. The story is interesting. It's 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 good. But as movies that are supposed to somehow fit into the broader canon of Alien, they are the hottest piles of dog shit I have ever seen. They yeah. just should have been a they different ruin species everything. Yeah. or set in the future. Exactly. Either one would have fixed it. Either one would have fixed movie. it. The whole the whole like God complex. I know we talked on the podcast, but it's just the the fact that somebody could sit there and write this movie and say, like, hey, what's the thing that makes one of the most legendary xenomorphs in the legendary movie monsters in history? What's the one thing that makes it what it is? And it's the mystery behind their origin. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to shit all over that. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a stupid origin story that takes away all of that mythos. I just, it, oh, it makes so, me so angry. So you, you run into a big a larger problem whenever you're building out a bigger universe and that is 
you have to tell the origin story because if you it's it's fine if you're going to do one movie or two movies but when you're going to have a larger expanded universe if you don't tell the origin story it's stupid see you have no idea what you're doing or why you're even there see if the aliens were if the aliens were any sort of like sentient i guess they're sentient enough but if they were like if they just talked, if they could fucking communicate and there was any sort of depth to them from a character perspective aside from murder, like then I would say yes. I would like to know where they came from. Like the Predators, I'm much more interested in the origin story of a Predator because there is so much more to their civilization. Yeah, they have a than culture. The al- exactly. Yeah. The aliens yeah, are literally just fucking murder machines. I yeah. don't need to know where they come from. Yeah. The, all, you know where they come Give from? Give me one line of dialogue. Hey, this person created them. I don't want to know why, yeah. where, or whatever. Just Good. Or, Done. Or just, Move on. They're just an, they came from outer space. They're yeah, just a space. Exactly. It's like a space wolf. Yeah, you know? I don't like, need to know. You don't yeah, know. You don't know. Creature. It's fine. Well, raised yeah. by wolves and Prometheus and Alien and Blade Runner, they all deal with like Ridley Scott's apparent problems with the creator. Right. Like the religious sim- right. symbology combined with everything else. There's always some sort of creation yeah. be it of a being or of a species. And. I don't think it's a mistake that the creator is always flawed. Yep. Yeah. So I so he definitely is is rehashing the same themes. I think he he gets better at he gets better at the themes, but he doesn't he he's he's not as good as he originally was in sort of tying it into the overall movie. Like exactly like, yeah. like, like the theme, like like he keeps on refining his argument against God, right? Or at least a good God, right? Which is why, like I said. Alien Covenant, especially, I think is a great movie. I love the whole creator savior complex that David has and like that whole yes. story. It's so well done. But to try to tell me that David is the person that creates created the aliens that we know from Alien One and Aliens and those creatures, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It absolutely does not work. It definitely hurts the mystery of the first movie, but also it it takes away the idea that this is something outside of like like the idea of it being exactly. another species and a mystery exactly. it does explain why the ship was so gung ho on having them go to that planet like right. that is a mystery that it does yeah. tie in very well cuz because you you can buy into a company wanted to sacrifice their ship right, right. but why the hell are they going to sacrifice all these people and all this money? Like, yeah. why are they doing it? Yeah, and it and it's because they have intimate knowledge through David of what's going on. So that at least is a is an explanation. But most mostly, it's not good. But get ready for more Alien, guys. There's Marvel Comics is going yeah. to do Alien. You know, Alien is now the <laughs> next the next thing in the queue of the Disney machine. So they got which the rights is, back which is from Dark Horse because it's so it's such yeah. a dark like it's such a dark universe like well, so they... is it like is that a trend that we're going to see from Disney are we going to get you know D- are we going to get the the dad channel Disney After Dark you Let's... know <laughs> I mean why not do an R rated version of what they've been doing with Marvel and and Star Wars of having these interconnected universes like having these cross platform franchises. Yeah. They yeah. they nailed it with Marvel, they 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 nailed it with Star Wars, especially with Disney Plus, not so much the movies. Yeah. So why not just do the same treatment for Alien? Well, I mean, they easily can because if you like it's 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 easy to forget how 
dark some of the stuff in actual Marvel comics is yeah. and has been even in recent years because you know the stuff with the with the MCU and, and as deep and as brilliant as it all is you know there's obviously not a lot of gore and it's you know because they understand their market and they understand what they're doing like yeah. fine like whatever it's, it's it works but a lot of like I was just reading a story um, from uh, from Hickman's Avenger run uh, during the Infinity Saga from like twenty it was like twenty fourteen and there's like a scene where Ronan the Accuser crushes a guy's head and it's like fully drawn like just smashed his head with yeah. his hammer and like blood and shit everywhere and it's like so it's you know they, they definitely take a more liberty in the comics so. I, I think that's I think they're gonna go that route with this and that's that's what I wanna see. That's what's gonna be good. Yeah. And, and Disney Plus is well established now. They they've they've certainly started to 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 cut into Netflix for supremacy in streaming services. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And their biggest hole, which is something I think they're going to work on between this Hulu bundle and these new shows coming out, is if they can make Disney Plus and Hulu one entity where they have, you know, they have the broad base, you know, they have the the Mandalorian, they have WandaVision, they have the Mighty Ducks TV show. Yeah. They're doing Three Men and a Baby remake for the show. You know, like, they have that broad-based, family-friendly thing on lockdown. Now you just throw in some original R to mature-rated content. Right. And, and then they're all over Netflix. Now, my question yeah. is, do we think that Marvel, with this comic, do we think that they're going to try to... Uh, make the aliens a prominent fixture in the universe or is this just going to be like a one-off like it's you know standalone. Batman versus aliens it, no. we already know it's going to be a standalone it's, it's, okay it's described as a standalone you know what i think they're going to do and this is smart i think so they describe it as a new story yeah. that will feature a wayland yutani mercenary named gabriel cruz right. as he battles a deadly new breed of xenomorph with the survival of his child hanging in the balance so that seems like a different type of story than we've seen more personal yep. yeah. but more importantly I hope Marvel does with Alien Comics what they seem to just do now with regular comics. Marvel Comics are not profitable in the print form. But what they are profitable overall to the company is that they are a proving ground for storylines. Yep. Like And merchandise. Like, right. Like that car, like that Carol Danvers Captain Marvel storyline made no money. Yep. Yeah. Ms. Marvel made no money when it came out. Like the like the cost of comics, it's not a very profitable enterprise. Yep. But those were proving grounds for what was a two billion dollar movie series. Yep. And of course a very successful Disney Plus series. So I just hope they use it as a way to just explore different storylines. And maybe we won't get an exact Gabriel Cruz adaptation, but maybe you will have a mercenary character inspired by him. Like this they they realize that that works out well. Right. And there you go. I, yeah. I, I hope they just use it as a way to just explore because that's a cheap way to explore a, a universe. Yep. Completely agree. If, if you have a six issue series that goes nowhere, n- nobody's to blame. Most people don't even know about it. But if it really kills, then you have the basis of a screenplay. Are we interested in seeing a xenomorph in the MCU? In the larger no, absolutely MCU? Absolutely fucking not. Right? Absolutely no. yeah, fucking I'm, not. I'm not. No. I'm definitely not. Like, I don't. That would like, ruin I'm, everything. I'm definitely interested in an outer space story. I'm definitely interested in seeing things like Annihilus. And you yeah. know some different space yeah. creatures. Yeah, from there's Marvel. already sixteen thousand races they can I choose from. I am not interested in seeing a xenomorph fight Thor. Yeah. Now you can <laughs> borrow those stories. I mean the the uh, the Galactic Empire of Wakanda. That's an awesome fucking story. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, something like that. So you can definitely go into the future. I'd love to see, like, distant future. Because, you know, the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the ones from the 80s. Right, they're supposed to be. They, they the were the equivalent of the Legion of Superheroes. Right. They were a thousand years into the future. There was, right. like, a dude going around with Captain America's shield. Yep. He was, like, now, that, now yep. that's something that I would like to see adapted. The original Guardians of the Galaxy. Captain yes. Victory was his name, I think. Something, something like, like that. that. Uh, uh Major victory, yeah, yeah. It was like major victory or something, and major then victory. and then Yondu actually was an original was. in the comic yep. books. A lot of the people yeah. from the Martin second Max movie was one of them. Yeah, so and like, yeah, uh, so so a lot of those, uh, all the other Ravagers we saw, yeah, they were all OG. Yeah, Guardians Michelle Yeoh, they were yeah. all like the original yeah, characters. Yeah. Yep. Guardians. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's the original. There's yep. there. So I, I I love I for one love the original Guardians of the Galaxy, um, that original lineup, and I loved seeing them in that. Uh, Oh god, what was it? The uh, the Universe X and Paradise oh, Vance, X storyline. Vance, Vance like, Astro. That was Vance the Astro. he's the one who had Captain. That Rocket is an shield. '80s Marvel character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Vance Vance Astro. Yep. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, yeah, Major Victory. That was, that was his name. AKA Major Victory. AKA. All right, so we got anything else on Aliens? No, that's it. All yeah, right, yeah. and then let's move on to another. New addition to a to a canon universe we talked about. And that is We Can Be Heroes. That's right, kids. Shark Boy and Lava Girl yes. are back. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> Man, I am so excited for this. This looks like it's going to be great. Dude, it was it, it's so good. I watched it on Netflix like a week ago. Okay. And it has that same like Technicolor crazy you yep. know spy kids visual that oh, Sharpborn Lavagal did, and the cast is fire. And she she looks she looks like uh, uh not Starfire. Was it Starfire? Hmm. The Teen Titan. Yeah, Starfire. Right. Starfire. Yeah, yeah. She, she looks like yeah, yeah. Starfire. Yeah. Yes. Like the outfit, the the whole motif. Like, and I, yep. I can't his. His fucking, it's got the shark teeth like on his on, breastplate. Yeah, on his breastplate. Like, it's so good. It's it's really well Dude, done. It's so man. good. So so you've seen it and you've it's enjoyed it. It's already out, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it's already out. So so they yep. have like a cameo role. So Taylor Lautner didn't re- uh, reprise his role as Shark Man, okay. <laughs> but. Um, Taylor Dooley, who liked our tweet about this, by the way, guys. So yeah. we're, we're, we're big time. So we got that going. <laughs> <for us. laughs> she uh, she she uh, she is Lava Girl. So they reprise the role. The idea is that well, all the, Taylor Lautner's got so much going on right now that he couldn't yeah. fucking suit up for the shark boy suit. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it's you know, like, okay. And it's funny because now he has this like big mask on, so you just can't tell who it is. Per, yeah, per, good. Throw the yeah. throw the mask. It looks like a, it looks like a Cree war helmet. Actually, it really does. It really does look like a Cree war helmet. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's, like it's my like cool. honestly, if he didn't have the teeth on the breastplate, it's this is Captain actually Marvel. what I would want to yeah. see like an OG Captain Marvel in the MCU look like. Yeah. Yeah, just make it a little bit greener. Like it's a pretty fucking spot on. I like it. Yeah, it looks good. And brief spoilery review of the movie. The idea is that there's like a Justice League of this world, mm-hmm. and all those parents are captured by aliens. So then the kids of those of those of those parents need to team up and save the world. So what of course they have they do is they have the kid of Sharkboy and Lava will be one of those kids. So <laughs> so it's great. And the and the cast is is just really good. They have um well, of course, they have Mando in it. Yes, uh, Pedro Pascal. They have Pedro Pascal because he's in everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if you he make really something is. in 2020, he's, yeah. <laughs> it needs to have Pedro Pascal. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, he is definitely a workhorse right now. He's just trying to do as much as he possibly can. And good on him. Good yeah. on him. Christian Slater. It's just great. Yeah. It's, just, it's just really fun to watch. So it's just, it's just mindless. If, if you enjoyed all those type of movies, it's just really fun. And since, of course... 
we had a big Kahuna burger in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. This <laughs> beer, Quentin Quarant- Quarantino Pale Ale, is the perfect beer to have while watching We Can Be Heroes on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so stop by Red Tank, your local Red Tank brewery, only in Red Bank, New Jersey. <laughs> Tell them that we sent you, yeah. Yeah. and that that's why you're buying this beer. They will give you absolutely no <laughs> yeah. discount, and probably charge you more for the beer. <laughs> so that means, so that means, we can be heroes is in the realer than real universe. Is that what we're saying? No, 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 no. It's the movie. I'm, the, I'm sorry, movie. the movie movie universe. Yep, right, yeah. the movie movie universe. Okay, yeah, got it. One hundred percent. There yep. you go. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's like so. We can be heroes is the antithesis of. Uh, you know, like a Kill Bill, right? Because right. Kill Bill is so ultra violent. Right. This is on the opposite end, where you know, yeah. obviously, it's yeah. like classic Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. Exactly. And then the movie movie universe is going to expand even more. Robert Rodriguez recently gave an interview to SFX Magazine, and he talked about how he is developing a From Dusk Till Dawn animated series for his own El Rey TV network, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I I think that an animated series for Dusk Till Dawn, um, especially if you could do a more mature animated series, very similar to, you know, like a 90s Spawn animated series, Yeah, it could be really cool. It could be really well done. It could be a lot of fun. Um, it could be very edgy, and it could tell the kind of story that you wanted Did to. Did we talk about the From Dusk Till Dawn series on our Tarantino Rodriguez episode? Yeah, but we talked about the, the okay, live action series, yeah, the live action not series. an animated series. Yeah, the live series. action series. Yeah, 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 but unlike the live that action. sucks. Yeah. I love the I love the pilot. Because the, the pilot, pilot was good, yeah. Well, because the, the first couple episodes then it went are good downhill. Because what happens is that it starts off, and it's a remake, right, of the original movie, right, mm-hmm. like almost to a T. You have some of the same actors. You have like it, it, it's shot almost identical, and then about two thirds in. They change the storyline. You're not expecting it. You know, right. People uh, live that sudden, aren't supposed to live. Yeah. You're, you're going into Hangman's Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the animated series seems to be set in that universe and not like a retelling. Okay. So he, he so spoke about it seems to be a continuation of the story rather than a retelling. Right. So it would be set in that world where there are these, you know, Mayan inspired. Um, vampires, vampires, rather yep. than like, oh, specifically going to the same truck stop and the yeah. same thing happening over and over again. So I look forward to that. And and finishing up with From Tarantino to Rodriguez, we missed something. Um, I think it's Anthony's fault. It's probably uh, my uh, fault. He's, he, Matt is perfect. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Anthony's <laughs> fault. Maybe a, little, fault maybe a little bit we my fault. Something. <laughs> but we forgot the 36-minute Lost film masterpiece. Okay, Quentin Tarantino. So, uh, in, in my defense, I put this on the Google Doc, and you guys missed it. That's correct. Uh, Matt doesn't know what Google Docs are. And, uh, why do I have to read shit for this? Like, what's a Google? Yeah. I graduated school. I don't need to fucking. Like, I'm smart, not yeah. like everybody says. I don't need to do research. Research. Psst. Um, Yeah, so this was a a 30-minute movie that Quentin Tarantino did while he was in film school. My best friend's birthday. Yeah, and it's, (laughs) and it's, it's, it's not gory or bloody or anything for Tarantino, but the dialogue is very Tarantino. I mean, obviously, spot on. The characters and could have been out of any yeah, of his movies. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's 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 very fun, and you can find it on uh, YouTube very easily. It was shot on sixty millimeter film. And the reason why it's a lost film is that the original cut was 70 minutes, but the film lab 
you know, the cheap place that he was trying to get the movie made was destroyed in a fire. So that's why they only have 36 minutes that remain. You can find it on YouTube, and we'll include a link on our page. And the only connection that makes it part of the realer-than-real world is that the movie takes place, or at least the parts that we see, take place at K-Billy, the same station prominently (laughs) featured on the radio of our characters in Reservoir Dogs. In Reservoir Dogs. K-Billy's super sounds of the 70s. There you go. Yeah. So... So for those of you who are very angry that we missed my best friend's birthday, <laughs> we apologize. We have fixed it, okay? <laughs> it's canon. And it it's is. movie, and it movie. Is, no, it's realer than real. Oh, realer than real. It Sorry, realer yes, than it's real. realer than real yeah. because there's no Shark Boy, no Lava Girl. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't think they were thinking about Shark Boy and Lava Girl when they made that movie. They weren't ready They should for have been. And now let's go to the View Askew Universe. Yeah, View Askew Universe. You know, I was watching a movie the other day, and I got really, really excited <laughs> that we that I found something that we had missed. Right, and I, we this really is not did. on the dock, guys. We are going off Google Doc. Yeah, we are off the dock now. <laughs> it's the best way to do but, it. Uh, so w- I I am a huge fan of the movie Fanboys. Right, yes. uh, it is. It if you're uh, listeners, if you're not familiar with it, it is a story about a um, a group of friends from high school coming back to meet each other years later. Um, they're all huge Star Wars fans. One of the friends has terminal cancer, and they try and break into the Skywalker Ranch in order to steal a copy of Episode One, uh, so that they can see it before it comes out because they're worried that their friend is not going to live to make it to the the showing of the the, the movie. Only play uh, Rush in the van. Yes, all Rush, <laughs> all Rush, all, all the, the time, time. dude. <laughs> It is a great movie, highly underrated. Um, uh, great cameo appearance by friend of the show, Lou Taylor Pucci. Yep. Um, <laughs> did it really come out in 2009? I thought it was it earlier than no, that. No, it came out in 2009. I actually, but, I, I correct myself, it is on the Google Doc. And the Google Doc says 2009. Yeah. Well, that's it why is. I'm asking. The Google Doc <laughs> says it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, because guess who knows how to use a Google Doc? <laughs> Me, motherfuckers. Look what I'm looking at. Yeah, but in this movie, not only is there a cameo from Lou Taylor Pucci, but there is a cameo from Mr. Kevin Smith and Mr. Jason Mewes. Yes. Uh, now, they don't come out. They obviously do not say that they are Jay and Silent Bob, but it looks like the exact same set as Clerks 2. It looks like they're they're yeah. out back of the movies in Clerks 2. Well, well here's the thing. So, And they're with uh, uh, Kinky Kelly. I would put forward this is the movie movie universe. Of the viewers' universe. Yes. So, because Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes have a cameo, but Kevin Smith's character talks, and he appears to be the pimp to Jason Mewes, the truck stop bathroom (laughs) prostitute. And one of the customers of Jay is the uh, Zach Knudsen, who played the sexy stud in Clerks 2. Right. So I think this is the movie movie universe. So I think sometime between um, the Degrassi, okay, the the, <laughs> the, 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 the Degrassi the, episode, okay, Degrassi, where we last saw the character, the director Kevin Smith, okay, and <laughs> the um, where we saw the character, the director Kevin Smith in reboot, he and Jason Mewes fell on hard times. And during that period of time, they ended up working out of a Midwestern truck stop, p- 
pimping out Jason Mewes. So I think <laughs> I think that this is actually the realer than real universe oh, for on. for uh, View Askew because I think that this is the Kevin Smith that we see um, in reboot that is giving the press conference, gotcha. right? So this is the real Kevin Smith, and it's the real Jason Mewes that ends up dying in Feast that we see. <laughs> and the reason that he separates from Kevin Smith is because he's tired of being pimped out by Kevin Smith. So he's tired of 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 uh, performing oral fellatio on male truckers in truck stop bathrooms. He goes down to Mexico. He gets eaten by a chupacabra. And uh, obviously that's why he doesn't show up in uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So it's a real story of empowerment for sex workers. It's that a is, good, that's, it, 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 is it, it, it's a good message for uh, it, But just be careful and don't travel to Mexico with chupacabras. In getting on to this fictional Jason Muse, which we are now just piling on. Uh, if he ever listens, he doesn't know his life is like this. Um, 2019 saw an Amazon movie, uh, Madness in the Method, or at least it was released on Amazon yes. first, directed by Jason Muse. And this is something that I forgot to uh, mention on our Viewers Universe episode. This is very much like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style movie where the character of Jason Muse in Hollywood is the basis for some wacky shenanigans. Yep. And in the movie, you even have him and Kevin Smith doing their podcast like they do in, in real life, Jay and Silent yeah, Bob yeah. Get Old. Yeah. And it has animation flashbacks. So instead of showing him as a kid with a younger actor, they have his life in flashbacks done in the same animation style and by the same artist from super groovy cartoon movie. Oh, nice. Which is very, okay. which is very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, he has a... So uh, he has a different actress playing his wife, and and he has like a different career, and he ends up he ends up killing people and and, and doing psychotic things in order to further his career. Brian O'Halloran is basically the villain, and it's it, it's like a different like this is like the movie that or like I guess I guess the viewers universe realer than real version. Okay, right, of, yeah, That's of what Jason Mewes. Of Jason Mewes, yeah. So the actor Jason Mewes, yeah. This is what he does in his free time. He and Gia Carano, yeah, from. From the Mandalorian, yep. they're married, and 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 they set up a. He accidentally kills somebody, and then and then they they uh, commit some crimes to further his career afterwards. Yeah. And, and, and hence why again he goes down to Mexico. So you know he yep. ends up murdering somebody. There we go. He gets caught. The yeah. whole thing ties together. Yeah, yeah. It's all it all comes together. There it is. Wow, the realer than real Jason Mewes has quite the has quite the story. <laughs> yeah, he, really, he really has quite the character development, uh, especially ending up being eaten down in Mexico. I love it. Uh, and then finally, with the Viewers Universe. Kevin Smith posted a photo of the first page and a half oh. of the completed Clerks 3 script. Yeah. Inject it which, directly into my veins, please. Which yes. means that yes, we please. are most likely going to see that as the next entrant into the viewers' universe. Yep. Will we? Will there be a line of dialogue with Rosario Dawson referring to her as Ahsoka Tano? If there's not, I'll be upset. <laughs> I just love how everybody in Kevin Smith's orbit is doing Star Wars except him. Yeah. <laughs> him, Dave Klein, like you name it. Like he works with them. He's and like, doing come Star on, Wars. guys, can't you get me in on this? Like, yep. I'd be so good at this. <laughs> I I hope. Oh God, I, I I don't even know where I want Clerks Three to go as a story yeah like any direction it goes i'll be fine with but like i just have so many thoughts about about how they could do this and how funny it would be like 
Yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting because like, is it going to take place at the Quick Stop? Because at the end of Clerks Two, obviously the movies right, burns they bought down. the Quick Stop. Yeah, they bought the Quick Stop, and that's where they're supposed to be. Well, we you can, know, he owns the Quick Stop. Yeah, now. we can repost. Uh, his post was was quite literally the first third of a page. Right? Yeah. you saw the lines and. Apparently, a car pulls up to the quick stop, so there's at least a scene right. yeah, <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Right. I can guarantee you. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, yeah it's obviously gonna, something is going to be uh, – the quick stop is obviously going to be a part of it, but I almost feel like it would be funny to do like – they like they've turned like, – like show like show Randall and Dante as like they've become super successful. They've like franchised the quick stops, you know, <laughs> like just and – then, and then like they have to deal with younger versions of themselves, like a millennial version of clerks when they were in like the early 90s working – like I don't know. I mean again, anything that they do is going to be great. I'm certain of it. But I feel like having the opportunity to do Clerks 3, knowing that we're not going to go – with the version of Clerks Three that he did the table reads for a couple Apparently years ago, it was too dark. Right, too dark. Right. Knowing that we, knowing that we're getting a completely different version than that story, I think it'd be kind of fun to like go a little like tongue in cheek with it, and just be yeah. like you know a little different, off the wall. <laughs> and I like the fact that he wants to do a little bit of a darker movie because he wanted to do that in Clerks One. He yeah. wanted to take it in that direction, and it and Clerks Two was a little bit. I mean, it was very, it was a very lighthearted movie, but there were some kind of darker moments to it. Like when the know? guy fucks the donkey? Yeah. yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his turn to the more emotional stuff, too. Right. Yeah. That was his, you know, that, that's where you really got, like, you know, the stuff that is predominant in Reboot. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really about, all about family. And he's always used those two characters as kind of his, like, as, like, a, a, a way to retell his life. So I yeah. wonder if, and this is just a, you know, no inside knowledge. Obviously, I don't fucking know what he's doing. But I would just suspect that he might do something with a near-death experience. Yeah. Because yeah. he did. Yeah. Because even though that was in the background of Reboot, nobody in the ca- nobody in Reboot had like a near-death experience. Right. He was already making that movie. He'd already written it. But there, I'm sure he's now written Clerks 3 with an eye to I almost died of a heart attack. So I wonder if yep. either Dante or Randall, probably Dante, because that's how he often views himself. Or he, he, I think he likes to think of himself as Randall, but... I think one of them w- could have a heart attack and then like or a near death experience of some kind. And- yeah, or maybe they get COVID from. So how funny would that be, right? It's dark, but like they have like a sign where you like please wear your mask, and like throughout the entire movie they keep telling people to have to wear their masks, and at the end of the movie he gets COVID and then dies. It's great. <laughs> that is a terrible idea. Also, I like how you started the sentence. Wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> it is a terrible idea. I mean, you could do some humor there. I, I, I would think it would be funny because I, I would love to see like Jay and Silent Bob be the only ones who take it seriously. Yeah, like, like, like they're the only ones who know the CDC guidelines. See, the that only would ones be funny. Funny. like I would just love that it. would be a better bit. You have Jay yeah. and Silent Bob taking it seriously. Like, and like, like the movie begins in like January, and they're like, "Are you reading this stuff in Wuhan? It's going to be very serious." Jay and I are, are pulling out our investments, and yeah. like, like, they're like, <laughs> like they're like ready for it, and they have sanitizer. That would be yeah. funny. And like they see it all coming. Yeah, they're the only ones that take anything seriously. Man, there is so much that they could like. 
that has happened recently that they could work into a clerks, right? Like not only masks and stuff like that, but like the whole the, the whole thing that's happening with GameStop and the stock market and Dogecoin and stuff like that. <laughs> like like can you imagine if Jay is like a huge investor in Dogecoin? <laughs> you know? Like, no, there would be And he keeps talking it up like it's gonna be the next real currency. <laughs> in this world, Jay and Silent Bob are a brand. There yeah. could be a there could be a chronic coin. <laughs> oh, the chronic coin. That's that is so on the money right there. <laughs> Kevin Smith, are you listening? Billion dollar ideas flying at you. <laughs> or at least like $30 million movie ideas. <laughs> God. All right, let's move on to the next entry in our uh, canon fodder canon because as of right now, we are still within canon of the episodes of canon fodder. Mm-hmm. So, Halloween. We did our yes. first annual yep. Halloween uh, episode. Of course, focusing on the Halloween movies because that was obviously the best place to start. Yes, um, absolutely. We talked, we touched on it briefly. We know a little bit more about it than we did in October. The sequel to the most recent Halloween movie, uh, Halloween Kills, slated to come out this year. I'll be honest, I'm skeptical if it comes out this year. Yep. But if it does, I mean, if it doesn't come out this year, it's certainly going to come out in 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> It's interesting because we were literally just talking about this yesterday because Anthony drafted this movie in the Rotten Tomatoes League, yep. and I was I was specifically saying, and we talked about it on the episode of Cannon Fodder, yes, about how Michael Myers ends up in the kill box at the end yeah. of the movie. Yeah, he has to be dead. Yeah. There's no. It wasn't like in Halloween three when he gets blown, like when he gets shot seventeen times and tumbles down into the ravine and his body floats up. Like he is fucking blown. And the they fuck do the, the Scooby Doo moment right, where exactly. they reveal the <laughs> like so. So to bring actually, back like to bring back Michael hard. Myers. I just want to reiterate this. I do not think it's a good idea to bring back Michael Myers for this movie. I would like them to make somebody else the killer. Jamie Lee Curtis. Not in a goddamn Michael Myers mask. That would be stupid. Jamie Lee Curtis. The daughter would be such a better angle. The daughter is such a better it angle. Is, it is a better angle. I think it's going to be Jamie Lee Curtis who's going to be You're probably right, but the yeah. daughter is a yeah, better yeah. angle. How yeah. great would it be, though, if this photo that they just released about a week ago and like the trailer they released right before right. we did the episode yeah. is just a head fake? Like all flashback stuff or something yeah. like, yeah, and, like, yeah. and he does that because he has to die. Because as much as I enjoyed that movie, and as right. much as I think I will enjoy this, I like the tone of his movie. I like yes. the way it was shot. As much as I think I will like enjoy watching this movie, if he's still alive, that takes away a lot from it. Exactly. And and yeah, I, he's just he, the thing that was cool about Michael Myers that we were, we mentioned in the episode was that he wasn't Jason. He wasn't this right. this magical. Like I can live forever, monster. He was just a dude who's a crazy guy in a Halloween mask. Yep. Yeah. You know, and so if they stick with that, and, and like he was literally in that kill box, and so if he comes back, like yeah, right. And I think this movie and, will be released this year, even if it's not in theaters. Although hopefully by October we'll we'll be on a regular theatrical schedule. Yeah, these movies are but, usually pretty quick to film. But also, no, 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 it's it's already filmed. Oh, it is. I yeah, didn't realize they already completed yeah, yeah, the filming. It's filmed. And, oh, I think, and, and I think by year. October, theaters will be back uh, yeah. to, to almost Agreed. full capacity. Even if Agreed. they're not, if you're going to release anything on home video or like demand and all that, a horror movie the week of yeah. Halloween, like it's a no brainer. People are, you know, like, you know, like 
that's a no-brainer. So even if theaters aren't at full capacity, yeah, do a day and date thing. And I like that they're bringing back some of the original characters, showing them grown up. Yeah, like yeah. Tommy legit. Doyle. Yeah, coming yeah back, Tommy, like, Tommy Doyle coming back going to be great. Really yeah, he's awesome. going to be played by Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, right. And they actually really have cool. Kyle Richards is going to be playing the the other girl, uh, yep. Lindsay, who is being. Um, yep. so, so she was that as a kid, and, and now she's she's like a real housewife or whatever. But she's going to be replaying that role, and then they're going to have another actress play Nurse Marion Chambers. So they're bringing back the whole thing yep. which makes sense because it appears as we talked about in the in the Halloween episode that in the trailer there are at least some scenes that take place night of so right, things yeah. we go so it might be the whole movie takes place night of right but it, it makes sense that like after this type of attack the other people living in that town who had dealt with with Jay, with, with I'm sorry, with Michael would like freak out or yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and, and would be affected stuff. as yeah. well yeah, yeah of course so we are we are crossing our fingers. We are I, excited for the or at least I'm excited for the tone. I am but too. I don't want him to be alive. No, I, no, no. I, no, I completely I'm, I'm ex- agree. I'm I don't excited want for like what it could be, yes. and maybe not necessarily what it's yeah, going see, I, to be. And like I said, I, I I my thing is still having the daughter turn into some sort of killer because the coolest yeah. twist in that movie because I, I I legitimately did not see the twist coming because I really thought they were gonna stick to the whole thing where like she you know she she didn't like uh Jamie Lee Curtis she like she didn't really like her mother she didn't like the way she grew up and she was trying so hard to live you know quote unquote a normal life and right. you go through the entire movie legitimately thinking that all of the things that Jamie Lee Curtis had taught her were lost on her. And then all of a sudden at the end, just like in the blink of an eye, when she tricks Michael Myers into rearing his head, and it's just like all of a sudden her expression just changes. God, you motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, yo, okay. Like that was like a real turn. And for me, I think it would be amazing if they build on that and it's like, yeah, no, like this act that she's putting on is really that. Like she did listen to everything that Jamie Lee Curtis taught her about survival and whatever. Unfortunately, it just didn't go the way Jamie Lee Curtis wanted. It actually turned her into this psycho killer and the resurgence of Michael Myers is is sort of like what triggered that. Like I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, then, that's, and then you end it with Jamie Lee Curtis has to kill her own daughter. Like yeah. that'd be fucking great. Yeah, like, you know? yeah. And what what a what is more appropriate for a horror movie? That, yeah, that's like, great. Be so dope. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be awesome. That's a that that would be a really good angle to take. And I've and I trust David Gordon Green. I like his yeah. stuff. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I hopefully Michael's dead, and maybe even if he is alive, they'll make it workable. But yeah, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's 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 earned. A little bit of skepticism because yeah. Michael should be fucking dead, but uh, but I'll see yeah, what he yeah. does. All right, let's move on to our next episode: X Men, the X Men universe. Oh, the X Men universe. This was a fun episode. Um, I still hate both of you <laughs> for that episode. Um, for Professor X being uh, in his brother's tw- his twin brother's body. You know, I looked online. There's no you. twin. Professor X brother Funko Pop or action uh, figure. If a Funko Pop doesn't exist, <laughs> the character does not exist. That is the rule of the land. The Listen, Funko Pop doesn't exist. If like, you watch the DVD in-depth commentary, I am going to stab you with the microphone. God. Yeah. So, um, so this is interesting. This abandoned project that you mentioned here on the Google Doc that I know how to read and access. I forgot. Reading. I forgot all about this project. This yeah. abandoned Spider-Man crossover mm-hmm. with Hugh Jackman. Uh, or, well, it was, it was more of a Wolverine cameo in the Spider-Man movie. I had forgotten all about that. Yeah. 
And Apparently like, it almost happened, but somebody didn't know where his wardrobe was, which is bullshit. Couldn't Hugh Jackman just have like a fucking street clothes? Yeah, he could just, he, he just have a, a, a yeah. biker jacket yeah. and jeans. Like, yeah, that's Wolverine's that's uniform. Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need a show up in a fucking but, costume. But that was an early Kevin Feige thing. Like that would have yeah. been great. Just a quick because because that shows you what a genius he was even twenty years ago. Be, yeah. Because I feel like that would have yeah. sped up the timetable for the MCU. Because yes. I feel like that's people would because. There were, you know, all these Marvel movies were coming out, but and they were tangentially connected, but we didn't see anything. Right, and, and all of them were hitting big at the block uh, at the at the box office. So if we could have had like a little bit of connection right off the bat in like the first, you know, Spider Man, who knows what that would have done? Yep. Like, because I think the the fan reaction to that would have been so next level because that was early internet too. Yeah, like that could have led to something. And then another abandoned project, Gambit. Which was announced and Gambit ties in Dude. with this. Gambit was announced and canceled and announced and, and was and was everyone said, yeah, no, it's definitely moving forward. No, it is not. Dude, I, I can't even tell you how many times and how many different group chats that I had to tell people. You guys are, were we were always on the same page, but I definitely told our other friends no less than thirty times. Gambit is not happening. No. Gambit is even, not going to happen. Like, I don't know what I have to do to get it through your fucking heads. Yeah, even <laughs> when Channing Tatum was like, all of a sudden, like, oh, Channing Tatum's going to be in it. It's going to be great. No. Well, he was in it from the very beginning because, because when, because remember, when, when Wolverine Origins fucking bombed, yeah. like, Taylor Kitsch was out. Yeah. Like, there was like, they like, we don't want of you Hollywood, not out of He was like, so bad, they kicked him out of yeah, Hollywood. That torpedoed his, well, then he came back for Battleship, which was, anyway, uh, <laughs> I can't even go into that fucking movie. But, but yeah, no, like, Channing Tatum was always attached to it. Like, it was his passion project, and it just, it, like, literally never got off the ground. It never went anywhere. I, I, they, they made a fake, I, remember they made the fake logo for one of the Hall H's, and then, like, oh, and, yeah. and it got people People hyped again, yeah. but that had no bearing on anything. That was like some oh. guy in his fucking basement. Like, might, uh, yeah, it would have been so bad. Like, I I wish they would have made it because it would have been terrible. It yeah. would have been a bad, like, really, really <laughs> hilariously bad movie. I mean, it couldn't have been any worse than Taylor Kitsch using his staff to propel himself like. 50 feet in the air or like whatever that trick he did was yeah. and and then they come down and somehow you know he's a normal human being so he would have like shattered his fucking kneecaps on the landing there superhero no, no, no. landing superhero landing yeah, it, it's ergonomically Super, yeah. the best thing for your body absolutely come on any, any superhero <laughs> at any time can do the superhero god it was landing. so bad and my favorite part of the gambit saga is that before the disney merger like at Comic Con, they did like a photo shoot, which we will post on our on yes. our social media, yep. and it has all of the at then 20th Century Fox Marvel properties <laughs> all like together as they're like, oh, we're we're coming for you, MCU. Yeah, we have the Gambit movie, we and have it, we have X Men Apocalypse, yeah. and we have and Fantastic Miles fucking Four. Teller as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These three movies are gonna destroy your universe. Did One he... was never made, and the <laughs> other two were were classic failures. The only person there who is worthy of being shown is Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. dude, and the, and the problem yeah. with it too is like. Like, Gambit is one of those characters that he he can't carry his own movie, like, for the most part. No, I mean, un not. unless you you have to go, the only way he carries his own movie is if you go straight from the comics with that origin story with the guild, the Thieves Guild. It's the only way it works. But, like, the you tab. have to remember. You gotta do yeah. the task. <laughs> that, that has gotta be the worst episode of the cartoon show. You have to remember that the Gambit is one of those few characters 
that never made it out of the 90s. Like they they, they continue <laughs> yeah, to try to has stick storylines. He right, yeah. he hasn't because they continue to try to stick them in things. But like like I'm sorry, there's what the fuck was he ever wearing around his neck with that metal like breastplate collar thing and his metal boots? Like in the 90s, we didn't question that costume. Is that not how they dress in Louisiana? Well, Monsieur, <laughs> in the, only like, the thieves guild. Yeah. So in the 90s, we didn't question that costume because it was in the 90s. Everybody yeah. had fucking pouches and like you know it was fine. But as soon as you got, as soon as comic book artists started drawing costumes that made a little bit more practical sense, but still left Gambit with his weird metal breastplate and trench coats it became like he became a joke yeah, like right. and, and they, they he, he did not make it out of the 90s so the, to, that's one of the reasons why I kept on telling people Gambit is not a relevant character right now no. I know this might be Channing Tatum's passion project but he doesn't have enough star power to get this off the ground like this movie will never happen yeah. it never did and it's never going to happen so. no it's not going to It's and, and it would be it again you know he's not he's he can't carry his own like he's he's much better as like a, a like a member of an X Men movie. Yeah, put him on, put him on a team. Like, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, put him yeah. on a team. I'm here for it. Yeah, make him make him like a Hawkeye character. Yeah, like. I don't I don't want I don't want his Louisiana Goblin speak and and whatever else he was. <laughs> Is that no? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Like like so, Gambit in the cartoon show was just the way he spoke was just so ridiculous and over the top. That was well, like, that Louisiana yet? I mean, like it was fine. Yeah, like it was oh, great. Okay, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so is I? So this is the one when I was reading through this, I legitimately did not even know that there was a planned or some sort of planned X Men and Fantastic Four Daredevil crossover movie. Yeah, and it's and it seemed to be a much more um, true to the comic adaptation of Civil War. Oh, just without the Captain America Iron Man thing, but so without all the primary characters, basically. Right, but right. But, okay. but like the basic idea. So the idea would be that um, it would be an X Men because, of course, the precipitating event of Civil War in the comics is like an X-Men reality show basically right. going awry with right. these mutants correct with yeah. these mutants it you know penance yeah. Right? Yeah, or, or yeah. the person who became penance yeah, yeah. think of dogs yeah. a bounty hunter oh and the actual comic book was speedball yeah it was speed yeah speedball right, right. he was he wasn't the one that caused the issue is nitro speedball speedball was on the the team that was on the, re, the the new warriors and nitro was the guy that blew up the fucking town but then he became oh, penance right. cuz he felt bad about it and he had that stupid costume with the spikes with the spikes that on would it. always I know. Go, oh god it, it was looked, so, it was like very hellraiser kind oh, of you so know, bad. Like, oh, it was not. It was yeah. so bad. Anyway, and, <laughs> and it makes more. And Civil War, even though it was all about Captain America, Iron Man, Civil War makes more sense in a mutant world. Yeah, because you know, in the world of the MCU, as great as they made it, and they made it a much more personal storyline than the Civil War comic. There are so few superpowered individuals in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at yeah. that time. Yep. So, like, any type of registration act seems less important. Yep. Yeah. But a registration act in a world with mutants becomes a completely different issue. Right. And, and I think that that itself, like like a registration act storyline, is more relevant 
to today's society than it ever has been before, right? And I, I think that um, it, you can do it really, really well and make it very impactful. Well, and and having like a big explosion, like reality TV show to kind of trigger it. Have you guys? Really cool have you guys watched Agents of Shield? Like I told you to. Uh, no, not yet. Dude, the, there's a whole season of Agents of Shield where they talk about the Sokovia Accords and like, yeah. you know, the civil the Sokovia Accords were just like really just like a plot point, the jumping off point in Civil War for the rest of the story but a whole season of agents of, Se- of shield um really dives into the sokovia Accords because inhumans were a big thing in right. Agents of shield and agents of shield basically treated humans like mutants like the exact same yeah. plot in terms of you know feared and like and like yeah, they don't have their own city they're more well they do but they but, do but, and then it but, changes yeah but but, but like but like Is they're much located more on the moon well no it's it's a, it's a, some well, place in, in the it's some place in china yeah <laughs> it's some place in china but at the end of one of the seasons there's a whole bunch a whole batch of terrigen um mist that gets released into the ocean and you know the fish and then it gets in you know, like fish oil capsules and yeah. food so what happens gotcha. in the next okay. season just in a bunch of everywhere. random people yeah. just start popping right. up okay. as humans and that's when and that coincides with the signing of the sokovia course anyway my point is it's very well done and i completely agree with your perspective on that yeah yeah and then what's interesting about this is this is 2011 so this is pre the disastrous um fantastic four series reboot yeah whatever you want to call it josh trank and then this is also while they still had the daredevil rights okay so this would have had a little bit so you know Obviously, they kept X Men and Fantastic Four right up until they were bought by Disney. They still had Daredevil. <laughs> Can you imagine if they made this movie with Ben Affleck as Daredevil, yes, which would have obviously yes, been yes. terrible? And then been five years later, he shows up in the worst movie of all time in Batman vs <laughs> Superman. Like we wouldn't have gotten it. He wouldn't. I, uh, I feel yeah, like I if he had, yeah, he might he not have made it out alive. I feel You're like right. he, he might not have. Either this would have been either successful to a point where he would still be Daredevil, right. and therefore no need to go to Disney. I'm sorry, uh, to, to Warner Brothers. No, I'm not going to compare the two. They're two completely different companies. <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. And, or it would have been so disastrous that it would have scared the hell out yep. of him. Yep. Scared him away from it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah, away from being Batman. I mean, it's so, you know, obviously taking on the role of Batman is a, it's a challenging one. Like everyone's, I, like you'd think that it's like a dream role, and that's just not not yeah. so much for a lot of. I mean, it's a very difficult role to be able yeah. to pull off. And then, of course, you've got the fanboys like us that are going to be screaming at you. Yep. So. Let's talk about New Mutants just quickly too, because we didn't really touch on that in the episode. Yes. Um, New Mutants. I New Mutants is better than I expected it to be. And that's low bar. Well, exactly. That's my point. Because, the, because yeah. the movie was supposed to be released like eight years ago, yep. you know, um, and all the the expectations were just diminishing by the day. But what we got, it was not awful. Like it was, it was enjoyable. There were some really good things about the movie. The story overall was just sort of a little linear and shallow, and it missed a lot of. There's a lot of missed opportunities. Basically, is what it is. Obviously, the most glaring missed opportunity is the Essex Corporation, you know, because that was teased yeah. after yeah. in the after credit scene of Apocalypse and of yep. Nathan- Nathaniel Essex is, of course, Mr. Sinister, one of the coolest fucking villains ever. And they mention it, but then they don't do anything <coughs> with it. Yeah. They have and you that- just see one employee. Yeah. yeah. And, it, they, and they have that They have that really cool, like, alien homage scene where she's typing on that. It's almost like the mother saying, you know, like, yes. terminate, subject, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, from the Essex Corporation. And that was, like, such a cool scene. And then it just goes nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> like it just goes nowhere. It was clearly supposed to be, as we talked about in the episode, 
like the for, like setting up the Essex Corporation as the Thanos yep. of, yeah, of, of, of the future of the yeah. X-Men series. Right. And it never went anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it also led, for, for me, I liked, I liked to make the connection in my head where that train scene at the end of Dark Phoenix, that that train was heading to either that specific location or a place, you know, owned by the Essex Corporation, yes. something like that. Like, because, like, where else would that fucking train, you know, like, be going? Like, I, I want to, like, that's how I wanted to think of that that scene to try to connect the two. Because aside from that, like, they blatantly mention the X-Men in, in New Mutants. Yes. But they, they make no reference to... You know, in terms of the time of this movie, you know, that movie could have taken place at any time. It was very yeah. ambiguous yeah, in yeah. terms of well, the year that it took at place. At least the mutants were still, I'm sorry, the X-Men were still around. Right, exactly. Around. So it's so it's at least pre-Westchester incident. Right, exactly. Pre, um, it, it's pre-whatever, we, we're not going to have this argument again. It's pre-whatever <laughs> the precipitating event of Days of Future Past is. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so it's very interesting. Yeah, because they know of the X-Men. Yeah, it's one of those things that's just, like, unfortunate because of the way that, you know, the 20th Century Fox universe shook out, which obviously is going to be for the better in the long run now that Disney has control of it. Yes. But it's one of those things, like, you know, there was so much potential, I think, in that movie. And, you know, it's just, there, it is, see ya, bye. Right. I mean, yeah, it it definitely was better. It it definitely had some really cool moments, and it just really had some terrible moments in it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, in general, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Cool. And then let's move on to our most, uh, to our latest episode. You were going to say our most latest. Most latest. I stopped myself. Our most latest. (laughs) The most latest episode, which sounds like. The most days to die hard. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than the the least days to die hard. (laughs) Die hard. So no new information on the die hard universe. Thank God. Surprising. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, if you have a series where the best entrant in the past 10 years is a commercial. (laughs) (laughs) You know that they need to take a break. But where's the lie, though? Yeah. But facts. <laughs> uh, right around Christmas, uh, sh- just after we um, recorded our episode, um, the, the, the episode, uh, hap- uh, the movie rather, Happiest Season, uh, like a lesbian uh, rom-com came out. And it was good. It was in Jarl Kristen Stewart. But that inspired somebody to tweet at Charlize Theron, quote, lesbian Christmas rom-coms are all well and good. But what I really want is a diehard where Charlize Theron goes on a rampage to save her wife. Yes. That was sign me the fuck up yeah. for that movie. You yeah. just quoted Charlize Theron. She retweeted, <laughs> said, "Where do I sign?" And I would love, especially after like Atomic Blonde. Yeah, like, that I was, was yeah. great. She was great. I would just Blonde. love to see yeah. her be, I don't know, Joan McLean, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> yeah, that would be just, great. Just Joan McLean. Yeah, <laughs> just wow. be a reboot, not in canon. You know, hell, and you shoot it to... at the Yakatomi Tower. It's still owned by Fox. Oh, my God. Do it all how, over again. How great would it be to make it? I mean, like, she's obviously younger than Bruce Willis, but, like, make her character, like, in a, like an older sister type, but, like, obviously not an actual age, but make, make the backstory, like... That she like bullied John McClane when they were growing up, like like not like not like not like actual bullying, because that's a fucking sensitive subject, you know, like whatever, but just like you know, made fun of him, picked on him a little bit, like he was like just a big bitch growing up, and she was like the tough one of the family. Like, like, how many great jokes can you make from that? Like, Man, I think that if they went over the top and went like to an action.
action comedy, you know, type of of scenario, almost like a lethal weapon with this. It could be really, really funny. Yeah, make it do a buddy cop and, movie. And like, like, I mean, if you you got to name her Karen, Karen McLean, right? And you oh, give her the short haircut, oh, oh, oh. and then you have the tagline. You lost me there, she's, man. Yeah, she's you want to make her likable. No, you want to make her likable. You do understand she's that she's the hero to the of the manager movie. of your life. <laughs> <laughs> That was they already did that with the Terminator Dark Fate meme where yeah, Linda Hamilton the poster she's true. here to speak to the manager which was great by the way yeah, <laughs> yeah no I, I I think it would be really cool Charlize Theron obviously it, wildly talented actress yeah. and um yeah and, and and was awesome in Atomic Blonde so anything that that she would do kicking people's asses while she saved her smoking hot lesbian wife that just sounds like a match made in heaven to me <laughs> sounds, sounds like something I'm willing to pay 10 bucks for <laughs> well it speaks to like the action stars of our day like if you were to ask me right now like who is the non 80 80s action star that's most prominent right now who is it like Dwayne I, Johnson yeah he's so there's a Wait, dearth the- Wait, what? So, so you know how, like, so, so right now, they're still making action movies with yeah. Stallone and yeah. Willis and Oh, you said non-80s Yeah, non-80s, yeah. I thought you said 80s action star. You said Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I was like, excuse no, me? No, non-80s. Yeah, no, non-80s. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Not even, you can't even say Vin Diesel anymore. Like, Vin Diesel's no, not it's, really. It's, so, like, there's not a lot of great options to do a Die Hard. And the, th- and the thing about Dwayne The Rock Johnson as... Amazing as he is in anything he does, the man is a walking superhero. So he doesn't, like, he walks into the Yakutomi Christmas party. People don't think he's going to kill all the, I've seen people think he's going to kill all the terrorists. Like, 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 he just looks like the guy. Whereas Bruce Willis is unassuming, and, and naturally Charlize Theron, being a beautiful woman, she has that naturally unassuming thing as well. Right. So, like, nobody's going to think, oh, the... Yeah. Uh, this bitch <laughs> is not going to snap my neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so that is our 2020 year in review. Yes. We've yeah. covered it all. It's- Hopefully 2021 will be better. In terms of the movies we go get to see, uh, um, I, the I, I, twenty, yeah, no, after I, probably not. Yeah. Knowing the next episode that we're going to do, it does not get better. I, I can't wait. <laughs> and, and what episode is that? I am so so unbelievably excited because uh, we are going to be doing the Highlander universe. Oh, oh and man. thankfully, there. <laughs> Who you know what? We should to live. We should negate. When 2022 rolls around, we should negate Highlander from the year in review because there can be only one. There can be only one. One episode. (laughs) Never spoken of again. There cannot be a Highlander universe because there can be only one. There's only one movie. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Remember, go on uh, all the socials, like our stuff. We've got a YouTube channel incoming uh, very soon. We're very excited about that. Check out all of your favorite podcast platforms with the exception of Apple. We're almost there for cannon fodder ready set review talking tacos all of the other products we have products that's an interesting term podcast whatever it's all on the ready set it's all on the review podcast network you guys know what i'm talking about official cookies and uh (laughs) (laughs) we are gonna make koozies (laughs) yeah we we will have koozies we will have t-shirts we will have uh uh, by popular demand we will have a lot of that stuff but let us know did we miss anything um within our universes uh let definitely second time around yeah the second time around because uh, we did miss things the first time around so uh yeah just let us know and uh 
Yeah, we'll see you next time for Highlander. And for Cannon Fodder, I'm Ed. And I'm, I'm Matt. And I'm Anthony. <laughs>